This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to another week here in the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Wi-Fi Broadcast Network, the Sirius Digital uh, Broadcast Network, and the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, and our um, website for the radio show is www.exxonradiotv.com, and for the network, our main network, where you can listen to the Exxon Broadcast Network, 724-365-www.xzbn.net. Nation, my first guest tonight is Frater Barabbas, and he is the author of Spirit Conjuring for Witches. Now, the greatest witches of legend and folklore practice their craft through spirit conjuration and by employing a familiar spirit. Now, centuries later, these arts can be acquired and mastered by modern witches. Join witch and ritual magician Frater Barabbas in the next hour as he shares the system of witchcraft-based magic developed to safely perform invocations and ex- evocations, travel in the spirit world, create a spirit pact, and construct your own rituals for spirit conjuring. Exploring history, folklores, myth, and personal experiences, Spirit Conjuring for the Witches shows how magically developed human-to-spirit relationships and ultimately master both the spirit and material worlds. Our guest this hour, Frater Barabbas, is an elder and lineage holder in the Alexandrian tradition of witchcraft, a practicing ritual magician who has studied magic and the occult for over 35 years. He is also the founder of a magical order called the Order of the Gnostic Star. Joining me now from the Twin Cities 
is Frater Barabbas. And Frater Barabbas, welcome to the Exxon, sir. Um, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. First of all, I have to ask you, the name Frater, what does that mean, sir? Uh, it's actually pronounced Frater. Um, well, some people may have uh, uh, attended uh, um, a fraternity, and that means a brotherhood. And so Frater means brother. So you are Brother uh, Barabbas. Yes, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't make me a, uh, a monk, uh, you know, in the Franciscan order. <laughs> Certainly. I understand that, sir. It, it's, a, it, it's a title that, that's given to uh, uh, initiated students, uh, usually in ceremonial magical orders. Mm-hmm. And um, I just kind of uh, took it as a, a, a simple version of my overall magical name that was given to me many, many years ago. Where did your interest in magic and the occult come from, sir? Well, um, you know, it came from the times in which I was growing up as a kid. You know, I was born in the Mm mid-50s, and so when I was uh, entering into my uh, youth and uh, late adolescence, it was, of course, the late 60s, and late 60s was a a time when... uh, Lots and lots of people were uh, engaging with and studying all sorts of uh, different alternative yep. things. Um, you know, you had Kresk, the amazing Kreskin, you know, and sure. uh, you had other psychics and, and the paranormal. And, and a lot of books were out at that time, especially a lot of cheap, pulpy books <laughs> on magic and witchcraft and stuff like that. Most of them not worth the glue to uh, put them together, unfortunately. Right. And they're all gone now, I mean, but these were books that were really cheap and expensive. And, and so it was just kind of a thing that, you know, a lot of people got into um, and studied. And some people really got very seriously involved in it. And, uh, and for me, it started my overall search because at first, of course, you know, there weren't any witchcraft mm-hmm. covens or any people involved in witchcraft. And so my search initially was to look for people who kind of thought and felt like me. All right, Freighter Barabbas, please stand by. We've got to take our first break. Exo Nation, we're going to be talking about witchcraft, magic, the spirit world, rituals, and much more this hour here in the Exxon. Our guest is Freighter Barabbas. He is the author of Spirit Conjuring for Witches. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media. Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. (laughs) 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good to Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back, everyone. Freighter Barabbas is our special guest of this hour. His website is FreighterBarabbas 
Witchcraft.com. He's the author of Spirit Conjuring for Witches. What is the history of witchcraft, sir? Uh, well, there's actually two witchcrafts, uh, if you were asking that question. There's one witchcraft, which is uh, different types of magical operations and, and uh, effects. And then there's the witchcraft, which is, a rel- which is the religion. Um, the witchcraft, which is a religion, is a, um, a modern invention. Um, the witchcraft that is uh, people practicing different types of magic, that's the old antique ma- uh, witchcraft. And uh, what happened is, is that in the 60s and 70s, when mm-hmm. witchcraft became uh, kind of uh, reborn, it merged the whole uh, aspects of religion with... Uh, so they kind of came up together um, in, that, in that sort of way. And, but in antiquity, uh, witchcraft was specific. So when, you know, people think of witches as evil, uh, you know, the, we, throughout history, the witches were persecuted by, by the other religious philosophies. Was it the fact that they were evil, or was this just a, a way that the other religious philosophies tried to gain the upper hand and get more people on their side? Well, um, you know, there was an awful lot of magic being practiced and being performed by the Catholic priesthood, mm-hmm. um, you know, for lay people. You know, they would do blessings and healings and just all, and prayers and yeah. special masks and all sorts of things. Um, what happened is, is that in some places that kind of became suppressed, particularly in England. I mean, you had the, uh, uh, the Reformation occur. And, of course, that suppressed uh, what I would call, um, you know, pr- uh, priestly-based magic. And to take its place, you had all kinds of other people practicing magic. And um, these people, uh, some, mo- most of these people would do healings and they would, you know, find things were missing and, and help, uh, you know, poor people mostly, uh, the illiterate, uh, you know, regain uh, something that they'd lost or get justice against someone who had hurt them or, you know, different, all the different things that we associate with, you know, uh, normal existence, um, except that people who were peasants back in those days really didn't have much power at all. So they would go to someone who was a cunning man or a cunning woman um, and for, you know, um, a small price or a, a barter exchange, um, that cunning man or woman would do something for them. Now, when that cunning man or cunning woman didn't get paid, or if they kind of went over the deep end, and um, they would tend, to, they could possibly also do something that was negative or or ill. Mm-hmm. But an awful lot of what people thought as witches doing evil was an awful lot of superstition and a lot of paranoia, um, which the church really sort of promoted to get people to be more closely engaged with them. What is the Golden Dawn system of ceremonial magic? Um, Well, the Golden Dawn was a uh, uh, proto-Masonic organization that was um, formed in in the uh, 1880s uh, in England, um, and it was based upon the Society uh, Rosicrucianus Mm -hmm. uh, in Anglia, uh, the Silk Rose, and... uh, it was basically uh, a Masonic organization that allowed women to belong, um, which was sort of, you know, uh, it was kind of uh, interesting. The Golden Dawn um, 
basically put together a package of different types of magical rituals and capabilities and initiations and all of that that took magic from the Middle Ages Mm -hmm. and the early Renaissance into the modern age. And so they had quite a powerful impact. And they also promoted, uh, 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 you know, pagan, pagan religious involvement as well. Is there a difference between ritual magic and golden dawn ceremonial magic? Well, there's a, we actually you can actually split it into more pe- uh, more tracks than just that. Um, uh, the Golden Dawn basically put together their own magic, and it was modern. Um, although they did uh, respect and have a great deal of uh, engagement with mm-hmm. uh, the other track, which is ceremonial magic, and that was involving using the antique grimoires from the Renaissance and the Middle Ages, such as the Key of Solomon or the Lesser Key of Solomon and, and other type uh, of books like that. Um, but the ceremonial magicians were people who actually adhered to the traditions associated with the old grimoires. Uh, and then you had people who practiced uh, witchcraft of various types, and that would include uh, modern witches, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, people who practiced uh, witchcraft, such as, you know, uh, <clears throat> what we would associate with antiquity uh, all the way through, you know, up, to the mo- up through the modern age. And so, you know, an American version of that kind of witchcraft would be, for instance, hoodoo, uh, which involved the use of uh, herbs and roots and, and other mechanisms in order to uh, make uh, changes occur in, in a person's life. Uh, all of those systems of magic more or less work. Um, however, um, you know, some of them require a lot more intellectual engagement. Obviously, if you're going to be a ceremony magician, right. having some knowledge of Hebrew and Greek and Latin is, is very helpful. What is perennial philosophy? <laughs> Well, perennial philosophy is something, uh, is a term that was um, very much invented. Um, I can't remember the exact name of the author who came up with it. But the basic idea of perennial philosophy is that there is a um, uh, an esoteric philosophical system that gets reinvented and added to from age to age to age. And there are different ages. For instance, people saw and, th- and, and uh, things and, and thought things and believed things differently during the uh, Renaissance than they did uh, uh, during the uh, 18th century, uh, 17th century, 18th century Age of Enlightenment, and then the 19th century and, of course, the 21st, uh, 20th century and the 21st century. Each of these ages represents uh, a different collective of ideas and beliefs um, that we would consider to be esoteric or occult. And it gets kind of reinvented each age, but also it ad- takes um, ancient knowledge um, and repackages it. Why is magic and why is witchcraft so alluring and, and so popular in the year 2017? Well, it's because people who are outside have the belief that you can get something for nothing. Uh. Uh, or let's say... Um, achieve something without having to earn it. And of course, that is not correct, and mm-hmm. that is not how magic works. Um, 
and, and people who uh, are curious and motivated by this usually drop out of it rather quickly when they don't quite get out of it what they want. Um, plus, there are people who will go to um, a practitioner and and purchase um, you know uh, assistance or help. Uh, this usually occurs mostly in communities uh, where you have uh, African uh, um, or, or um, Caribbean uh, descent people or people who've uh, relocated from those locations, right. from those uh, regions, and uh, <clears throat> you know. You have what is referred to as root doctors or, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, practitioners of Palo Mayombe or, or what have you, and they offer their services for money. Um, and some people who are involved in uh, uh, forms of uh, other forms of magic can do the same thing as well. They'll have clients. Mm-hmm. But most of us um, practice pretty much on our own or in small groups. And um, we understand very quickly that you have to have a lot of patience and you have to put a lot of effort and develop yourself in order to make magic effectively work for you. How do spells really work then, sir? If, 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 you're do, if I go to um, you and I say, I need some help with this, that, or the other thing, um, or I ask another practitioner to do a spell, either good or bad, if the person who is the object of the spell is not there and does not realize that a spell is being cast, how does it work? Well, we are all connected by consciousness. We literally swim mm-hmm. in an ocean of consciousness. So okay. the idea that we're individuals who are completely disconnected from each other is an illusion. Uh, some some might even call it a delusion. But that you know, people do have the uh, capabilities of affecting other people in, in you know in indirect ways. But here's the deal. I mean, um, for instance, if we consider the classic you know voodoo uh, type uh, model of uh, somebody having um, a fifa or a doll made out of them and, and pin put it and all that, mm-hmm. oftentimes in an underhanded sort of way, you let the person, the target, know that, they're, that you're doing something to them or that, somebody, or that something is being done to them so that they will be receptive. Now, if they're really strong-willed and really powerful, yeah. um, then that won't happen. So would you say it depends on the psychological state of the target, how effective a spell would be? Yes, as well as the individual mm-hmm. who's uh, performing it. Um, keep in mind also that, um, for instance, uh, if some uh, male magician um, wanted to, uh, you know, have Kim Kardashian as his lover, um, but has absolutely no connection with her or her family or any people who know her and all that, mm-hmm. and then works a spell, uh, that's probably not going to do anything at all. In fact, it, I would consider that to be pretty silly. Except break his heart. Well, yeah, or more than likely cause him to become obsessed so mm-hmm. that maybe he'll move to where she lives and stalk her. Oh, gosh. I mean, magic can really have a mind-bending effect on people. And, and uh, uh, unless you are with other practitioners mm-hmm. and unless you also have people that you can talk to about this stuff, you can create all sorts of delusions for yourself. 
So, I mean, the danger of magic isn't so much the power and what it can actually do, is what it can do to your mind if you are not disciplined. Well, you have about a minute before I have to go to my news break at the bottom of the hour, sir. How long would you say it takes a person to become um, knowledgeable enough in the art of magic to call himself a true spiritualist or a true um, witch, witch or witchcrafter or magician of the crafts? Um, you know, you have to have the doors open for you unless you have built-in talents and capabilities. You know, there's, there's always precociousness mm-hmm. involved people who are drawn to this sort of thing. Um, but I would say, you know, for someone who's precocious and has certain talents and abilities, depending on how old they are, um, if they're a young person, I would say it would probably take a few years. Um, if they're an older person and, 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 ba- and have a certain degree of discipline, it might take less time. But being exposed to it uh, from uh, sharing that uh, kind of space and that kind of uh, phenomena with other people who really know what they're doing is a real powerful catalyst for learning this. All right, sir, uh, please stand, really is- stand by, sir. We have to take our news break. Exo Nation, Frater Barabbas is our special guest. And we'll both be back on the other side as we continue investigating magic right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. 
Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created mnemology science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. You know, Exonation magic has been associated with many things over the years. You know, many are great songs. Do You Believe in Magic by The Living Spoonful, Black Magic, Frank Sinatra, just to name a few. And um, when people think of magic, they think of, uh, like our guest this hour was talking about in the first segment, Freighter Barabbas, he talked about Kresgen, and as you know, Kresgen has been on the show a number of times. So... First of all, Frater uh, Barabbas, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations on your book that is entitled Spirit Conjuring for Witches, which is published by our good friends at Llewellyn, I might add. Um, have you ever used magic for love or to help somebody find true love? Well, um, love spells, that's probably a pretty... Um, that that can really lead to a lot of trouble unless you uh, unless you're really clear on what it is that you want and the direction you want to go. First of all, I'm not uh, interested in helping somebody uh, target or victimize somebody else to become their lover that's good. Uh, in a coercive sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just something that I would not participate in or, or work with. Um, I think that before you actually do a spell like that, you should probably really look at yourself and determine what it is that you're looking for, what your past has been, you know, what your past relationships have been like. Maybe do some divination, um, trying to determine what's really going on before you actually do anything. And then when you actually do a spell, you should actually do a spell that opens, you know, that kind of possibility mm-hmm. up for yourself. Um, wherever it might come from. 
And of course, in order to for that sort of thing to be effective, there has to be certain mundane steps that go with it. Any magical spell that you work has to also have uh, mundane uh, steps associated with it. If you sit on your backside and expect the magic to work for you, that isn't how it works. <laughs> so magic is so, not for the lazy at heart. No, uh, it's it's not for the the people who. Well, it's not for gaining anything that is not unearned. I mean, you have to earn it. Sure. So what magic can do is bend the, the possibilities or probabilities for you for something to happen. But for you to target something very specific mm -hmm. um, means that you are pitting your will against other people. Um, and, you know, you might get away with doing that, um, but if you're trying to coerce somebody into hiring you or you're trying to coerce somebody into being your lover and all of that, you may be successful in that kind of working, but there will be consequences. So what do you classify yourself as, sir? Are you an occultist? Are you a witch? Are you a magician? Or are yes. you all? I'm all of those, all, all of the above. <laughs> And if we, this were a multiple choice sort of mm -hmm. thing, yes, um, you know, I'm an occultist because I study and and uh, I have knowledge of the Kabbalah, right. um, and uh, I've even written a book on the Kabbalah, which Llewellyn has out called Magical Kabbalah for Beginners. Mm -hmm. um, I consider myself a witch because I'm initiated into a witchcraft tradition, and I also consider myself a ritual magician because I've taken the basis of witchcraft and the things that I learned, and I extended it to create an entirely uh, ritual, magical-based system of magic, which I can teach and, and work with with other people. What are some of the greatest myths about magic? Uh, well, if, it's, if something is physically impossible to occur, mm -hmm. doing magic won't make it happen. Um. If something is highly improbable, like winning the lottery, mm -hmm. working magic probably won't make it happen. Um, if you are standing in the way of yourself being successful in, in whatever endeavor direction that you want to go with your life, working magic isn't going to change that. Um, what magic can do uh, besides assist you in bending probabilities is also to for you to understand who you are, what you are, what's happening with you on a very deep sort of level. And that will allow you to make changes that will be permanent in your life. Uh, you've studied many different aspects of the spiritual field, including magic, yoga, Kabbalah, tarot, astrology, ancient history, theosophy, philosophy, psychology, and and other related subject areas. How do you feel that, based on the vast amount of knowledge that you have acquired, that you have best served humanity? Um, well, you know, I mean, I'm a member of my community, mm -hmm. and um, I also work with other people. Um, uh, I mentor people. Um, uh, I've initiated quite a number of people and gotten them right. involved in magic and taught them how to do it in such a fashion so they wouldn't harm themselves or cause themselves to be deluded. 
um, it also has transformed me from the way I was in my 20s to the way I am today. And I think it's made me a considerably better person overall. I'm a lot more conscientious and sensitive to other people, their thoughts and feelings. Um, and I'm less likely to be perturbed by uh, uh, other people's drama or, or disturbances. You know, it, al- um, it almost sounds as the same that my son would tell you that he found when he took martial arts. Yeah. Self-discipline. It, it's a discipline. Yeah. It, it, is, it is a mental discipline. Yeah. There are physical elements involved in it as well. Um, it empowers you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, in, in our world today, um, if you are not rich and powerful, um, you know, then you have a, a problem with, uh, you know, with your own projection of power you know, sure. from your life perspective. I'll tell you why I asked you that question, sir. Because over the years of doing this show, I'm in my 26th year, and I've, I learn something each and every night that I do this show. Of course. People have always had a negative connotation of witches, of witchcraft, of magic. They, The people, and I'm talking about John Q. Public, yes. see these as black arts, and they are anything but that. For example, something that a lot of people do not realize is that the majority of every peace movement on this planet, including Greenpeace, was formed by Wiccans. Yes. You know, and, and you tell them that, and they say, ah, oh, you're crazy. No, it's the truth. Well, what about Hansel and Gretel? Well, come on, it's a fairy tale, for God's sake. If it wasn't for well, witchcraft, if it wasn't from for these arts, there'd be no naturopaths. Without naturopaths, there'd be no pharmaceuticals. So, you know... Yep. My hat is off to you, sir. <laughs> well, you know, you always remember the bad people, you know. Um, I don't know. I remember the good ones. <laughs> yeah, but history tends to more remark upon people who did horrifying yeah. things than they do on people who really did good. There are a lot. There were an awful lot of cunning folk, cunning men and women, mm-hmm. um, Probably from, we have historical records going back maybe to the late Renaissance periods and all that. There were people who did a lot of healing and a lot of really good in their communities. Although if somebody, you know, got angry with them or if the community, if something happened in the community, they could get blamed for it. They could be then considered not a cunning person, Mm -hmm. but a witch and then persecuted and then burned out. Um, their family destroyed and everything else. I mean, to have the precocious capabilities of being able to do magic and do it for yourself and for other people um, has always put people such as myself into a difficult situation. Um, In order for us to work with and deal with the world, oftentimes we have to be kind of secretive about what we do and, and what we're up to and all that because John Q. Public doesn't or, or Joni Q yeah. public really doesn't understand what we do, and it would take a long time for us to explain it as well. But isn't it true, sir, that what you do and other practitioners do is no different than Christianity? Because a prayer is a spell. Yes, it is. You know, the Holy In Sacrament fact, is a sacrifice. Oh yes, singing it's, uh, is the a Holy. 
singing uh, a hymn is a chant. Yes, it is. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. Uh, the difference is that I'm not a Christian. So? That doesn't make you any worse of a person. No, it, it doesn't make me a worse of a person, but if you believe in a universal religion mm -hmm. and you are very strict about that, then someone who is no longer a part of that religion would be considered an apostate. And as we know, in the Renaissance, mm -hmm. uh, all the way through the Reformation and, and even into the uh, 18th century, um, and, and, and people were basically burned the, at yeah. the stake or, or executed for being apostates or for being non-believers. And, and yet today, they are called atheists. And they have every same right in society as you do, be it whether you're practicing uh, Wicca or whether you're practicing any of the other different philosophies that vary out of the religious category. So, you that know... Is I mean, as far as I'm concerned, everyone has the right mm -hmm. to practice whatever religion yeah. uh, and or magic or anything like that yeah. that they want. Now, if they go off and they, and they commit a civil crime, they hurt somebody yeah. or kill somebody or just something like that, we have laws to take care of that. But as far as I'm concerned, this country that, that we live in, the U.S., as mm -hmm. well as Canada and other uh, nations should not be theocracies. They should all be... They should all allow people to worship however yeah. they see fit. I agree, sir. And I have always said that we each are responsible for our own actions. And there are too many times in the present as well in the past where people have used religious philosophies as an excuse for their actions, both good and uh, for what they are doing to rectify the evil in society. Um, how about Aleister Crowley? I, I, I've had the members of the Aetherius Society on uh, a few times, and we've talked about Aleister Crowley. Uh, what is your opinion of Aleister and his movement? Uncle Al. Well, I also happen to be a member of the OTO, so... <laughs> Uncle Al. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned... Um, Alistair Crowley, you know, I, I've read and reread his books and his materials. Mm -hmm. He was a brilliant writer of magic. He, along with McGregor Mathers, um, they helped take magic out of the uh, uh, Middle Ages and the Renaissance and bring it into the 20th century. They truly took it out of the closet. They took it out of the closet. Yeah. They brought it into the 20th century. Mm -hmm. They brought it into a world that was that had anthropology and psychology, and and made it into something that was uh, useful and effective. And you know, my hats off to them uh, for being able to do that. Yeah. Now, both of these individuals were characters, and um, probably they would have been. We, you know, if you would have had the chance to meet mm -hmm. them, you probably would not have liked them. I know that I wouldn't have liked Alistair Crowley if I met him. Because... Trader, please stand by, my good friend. You and I have to take our final break. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I love the way you think, and you know, you should be the spokesperson for for uh, the, the arts. What people called the black arts, I call them the mystical arts, and there's nothing wrong with being mystical. Exonation, we'll both be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul-balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, 
the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. goodness. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is our final segment for this hour, my guest, and a very, very insightful guest when it comes to, oh my gosh, we've talked about magic. We've talked about ancient history. We've talked about, um, what haven't we talked about? I think that would be the best, uh, question. His name is Frater Barabbas, and, uh, He's got a brand new book out called Spirit Conjuring for Witches, Magical Evocation Simplified. It's by our good friends at Llewellyn. And you can find out more about Frater Barabbas by going to his website, fraterbarabbas.com. And first of all, sir, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure having you on the show. Continued success. But I have to ask you, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, as I was saying. But I'd like to talk about spirits and the spirit world. People today talk about mediums, they talk about uh, communication with the other side, the veil, uh, ghost uh, TV shows are very popular, and during these ghost hunts, and I often wonder why they call it a ghost hunt, because usually when you hunt something, you're going to kill it, but the ghost is already dead, so that's another show. But, you know, what is it with the spirits and the spirit world, and how different is it in reality compared to what we see in the media? Okay, that's a great question. Um, Basically, the thing that you have to understand is that we live in a world um, that is uh, contemporaneous with um, the spirit world. So we have our material world that we live in and function in, and the spirit world is, is occupying exactly the same space. So there are spirits all over the place. You know, they're in your house, they're outside. Um, you know, in your yard, they're, uh, you know, down the street, they cluster in certain areas like the big, uh, like a big oak tree that's just, you know, down the lane or, uh, so they're, they're all over the place, but normally you can't see them or sense them or feel them because of the fact that the spirit world mm-hmm. is, um, an, a, a dimension of consciousness that is usually beyond our capabilities of grasping with our minds. Um, Ken Wilber kind of really pointed out really well when he said that uh, in order to perceive spirit, we have to use the eyes and and the ears and the senses of spirit and not use uh, uh, our senses, uh, our normal physical senses, or our mind for that matter. So, I mean, you know, you've got to develop a capability and a sensitivity to be able to see these things. And some people are born with that, but a lot of people... Uh, uh, aren't born with it, uh, thankfully, because it's, uh, you know, for someone who has this ability, it's difficult to learn how to discipline it at first. 
So, I mean, you literally have to go through a process of learning how to meditate and and go into Mm -hmm. trance states in order to be able to break into that world. And, of course, knowing certain types of magical ritual structures and and spell working and that kind of stuff really helps to enhance it as well. All right, so when we... we no, let me rephrase the question. Is it then is it then fair to say that we coexist with the spirit world ex- at the same time, the same place, but in different dimensions? Um, yeah, but I don't. Uh, I don't like uh, using a scientific word like dimension. It's almost like a different sort of uh, uh, perspective okay. on consciousness. Um, Spirits, uh, their existence is completely in the ocean of consciousness of which all of us are a part of if we have the ability to think and to cogitate. So, I mean, that means that uh, they're all around us. We can't perceive them all except during peak experiences or certain times when when our sensitivity is heightened. Uh, otherwise, they are there. Um, uh, occupying pretty much the same physical space that we are, but we just can't see them, touch them, or feel them, or sense them until we break through into that more subtle sort of uh, conscious uh, reality. The thing is, is that the spirit world um, is extremely subtle. Um, it's it, it's not like any of the movie uh, Hollywood special effects that people you know go and see when they watch uh, you know different types of movies or sure. TV programs. It's very 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 subtle. Um, when I uh, experience or sense something that's spiritual, it's just at the outer edge of my normal um, you know visual or auditory capabilities. Uh, so I need to do things in order to enhance that in order to really clearly see uh, and sense and, and, and experience spirits. Uh, I have to learn how to talk to them and, uh, and listen and how to be able to hear what they say in response. And when they talk to me, they talk in my head. Um, other people who are around me may, or unless they're sensitively attuned, may not hear what I'm hearing. How do you deal with skepticism, sir? Um, well, skepticism is really fine and good and, and necessary. I, I'm skeptical about an awful lot of things. Mm-hmm. But when you experience something and you have this definite experience that you're dealing with, um, then skepticism is no longer in place. I mean, you can deny that you're experiencing something, but I think that creates all sorts of other difficulties as well. So how would one attune themselves to communicating or listening to the spirit world? Um, you need to basically shut down your own uh, perceptions, uh, your, your, uh, what you're seeing, what you're hearing and all that. You need to shut all of that down because that is going to interfere with the process as well as open up your mind and not allow your mind to constantly be thinking of this or that. So all of that's just kind of like slowed down, and uh, uh, and the emphasis then is is on what I would call you know things that are that are above and beyond our normal conscious state. What are your final thoughts, uh, Frater Barabbas, for the worldwide listening audience of the Exxon Nation tonight? 
Um, well, my final thoughts is that, uh, you know, you really need to keep an open mind that not everything is really quite what you might think mm-hmm. it is, that oftentimes our, uh, uh, our culturally based opinions are biased and, and usually incorrect, and that it's a much wider, bigger, and more fascinating world out there than people really realize. Where can people go to learn more about uh, the magical arts and then become a, a magical practitioner themselves? Well, of course, there's books and there's materials on the Internet, um, much, much more so than when I started out, as I, as I talked about. Um, but if you, if you can find an occult bookstore or a bookstore that sells New Age-type books that, that is, specializes in that, that's usually a focus point for, uh, you know, contacts with uh, people. But you can also get contacts now through the Internet. I mean, when I started out, uh, there was no way to do that. We did an awful lot of writing and sending letters, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. I, I guess I've, been, I've held off this question to the very last because I just wanted our listeners to, to get, a, to get a, a better knowledge or a better insight into witchcraft, into the spirit world, into magic. My final question for you tonight, sir, is how does Halloween fit into a realistic point of view for yourself and other members who practice the legitimate magical and spiritual ways? Well, if it's ooky spooky, then it probably is is you know imagination spooky, yeah. and uh, and and fiction. And if you fearfully believe in it, then it's superstition and delusion. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Beltane and uh, well, as far as uh, Savane or Halloween and mm-hmm. and its corresponding uh, uh, celebration of of Beltane, these are times when witches believe that. Um, you know the uh, that the that the forces of uh, uh, the spirit world are much more present than normal. Uh, Halloween is is uh, well, Beltane is kind of like a celebration of life, and that occurs on May first, and and Thavane, which would be uh, uh, November first or October thirty first, would be kind of uh, uh, the same sort of celebration except for the dead. And because uh, of witches uh, being predisposed as they are to the spirit world, our ancestors, both the spiritual ancestors of the lineage of our initiations and teachings, as well as our actual physical uh, genetic um, ancestors, are important to us. And during those times, we kind of connect with them and, 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 and celebrate them and keep them alive in our thoughts and our memories. So can I wrap this up and come to the conclusion that spiritual magic is actually a tool for one's own personal development? Yes, most assuredly. Can you let our listeners know where they can find out more about you as well as where they can get a copy of your book? Um, Well, you can go to Amazon.com or you can go to the Llewellyn Worldwide website uh, websites, and you can uh, go ahead and uh, uh, order any of my books that, that you can find. Um, and you can also uh, 
you know, go look at uh, my author's uh, webpage, which is fraterbarabbas.com, and it's Barabbas spelled B-A-R-R-A-B-B-A-S, and that will lead you also to a blog, uh, which I, um, you know, have, have written probably mm-hmm. close to actually over 400 articles. Wow. Frater Barabbas, thank you so much for joining us, sir. It's been a great pleasure talking yes. to you, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the Exxon. Until then, be well and be safe. All right, Exxon Nation, I'll be back on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Whatever you do, don't go away. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon on the Exxon Broadcast Network and Talkstar. <laughs> 